0: amen why don't we give God some thanks as brother Nelson comes we love you brother Nelson take your liberty tonight priest hallelujah well thank you Lord y'all can be seated there for a minute thank you Lord thank you Bishop for the Kind words, and, and uh, we are truly blessed to be a part of Truth Church of Olathe. And uh, thank you for trusting me to stand behind here this evening and bring the Word of God to the good saints. Hallelujah. To the good saints of God. Thank you, Lord. God's good. All the time. It's good all the time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And uh, I told Bishop this morning, I said, I've got some bad news for you. I was having Sunday school this morning, and Jax was with us, and I was giving him a hard time, and uh, kept on and kept on. And he Finally, shook his head and looked down. He says, you're just like my grandpa. <laughs> Give me a He's always, he's always joking. <laughs> so I take that as a compliment. I do. But uh, I appreciate what God's doing. It's good to see Brother Carter up here playing the guitar. That's good. You did a good job, Brother and Brother. Brother Hilton, thank you for following the Holy Ghost and leading songs tonight. just confirming what it is that I hopefully will bring to the people tonight. Thank you, brother. I love you. And I give honor to the other ministers here this evening. But before I start, I've got to remind you that the only way that the Word of God will be profitable for you, will help you, will benefit you is if you mix it with faith. I can, I've got notes here. I've got a burden for this message. And God wants to do something for some people here tonight. But so often the adversary likes to perch himself on the shoulder, especially the one that needs it. And start putting doubt in their minds, saying, well, that's for somebody else. It's not for you. It's for sister so-and-so. You might as well just forget it. And then you just sit there with the same old problem that you had when you walked in because you didn't mix with faith the word that went forth. This word's for you. It's for me. I needed what I'm fixing to talk about here tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, and as I was preparing this afternoon, I felt a a burden for an individual, for individuals that you've been beat up spiritually, You've, you've been going through some rough seas, times, and in, in my mind's eye, there're just holding on to that rope with what all you got. I'm here tonight to tell you, keep holding on. Keep holding on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So again, again, mix this word with faith. Hallelujah! It's for all of us here tonight. If you'll stand with me tonight, I'll read my scripture. Hallelujah. Sister T. Hilton and Sister A. Hilton, you guys, and Sister L. Nelson, you've heard this title before, but it's a little bit different. Same, same kind of thought, but we're going to, you've all heard it before, but we're going to get there. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. And it says, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. Mm. They shall all wax old as doth a garment, And as a vesture, shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou, but thou, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Hallelujah. I've come here tonight, church, to share this thought with you, a solid God for shaky times. A solid God for shaky times. Would you bind together with me and pray and ask God to help me convey this to you? I'm nothing. I want God to use me. Lord, I need your help tonight. Oh, God, I'm asking you, Lord, that you build faith in this place here tonight, God. Meet us here. Meet us here tonight, God. I pray you bring victory in this house tonight, God. Oh, that's it, church. here. I come. to a little of my city. Oh, God, oh, God, show yourself mighty, God. Speak to your people, Lord. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Give him a hand clap of praise here tonight. God, we love you. Oh, and while you're at it, won't you go ahead and lift your voice and shout with a voice of triumph. Hey, I come here tonight to remind you you're still on the winning side. Hey you are, yes you are you got a solid God in shaky times hallelujah, hallelujah you can be seated thank you Lord, thank you Lord the apostle Paul here was quoting from Psalms I want to read that passage in Psalms, Psalms 102 verses 25 through 27 it's a little worded a little different and it says, of, of old hast thou laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. So let's stop right there for a minute, and let's just let's park right there a minute brother hall, and let's realize what was just said. He made everything that's made. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. When you walk out of here tonight, you see the trees, he made those. When you, when you walk on the parking lot, walk on that asphalt, he gave men the ability to figure out what to put together to make that asphalt. So, And then he gave them the materials to make that asphalt. He says, Thou, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth. You did it. And the heavens are the work of thy hands. Sounds pretty powerful to me. Verse 26 says, but they shall perish. But thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment as a vesture. Shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. Verse 27 says, but thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end end. Talking about a solid God for shaky times. Talking about a solid God for shaky times. Hallelujah. Albert Barnes in his commentary had this to say about why Paul was quoting this verse. He says this. I like this. Gets gets the hair on the back of my neck going. Mm-hmm. Mm. It is designed to denote the immutability or the unchangeableness of the Messiah and the fact that in Him all, everybody say all All. I said everybody say all All. everybody say all. all the interests of the church are safe let that sink in a minute let you let you let you marinate on that a minute. All the interests of the church. All the interests of the church are safe. Right right, right here, big good place for you to mix a little faith in with the word right here. Hmm. He goes on to say he would not change. He had formed all things, and he would remain the same. Get this. His kingdom would be permanent. Everybody say permanent. permanent. You know what permanent means? It means it's staying there. It's not going nowhere. It's permanent. His kingdom would be permanent amidst All the changes occurring on the earth. And his people, his people say, I'm his people. Say it. I'm his people. I'm talking about you. And his people had no cause of apprehension or alarm. I'm telling you, his kingdom is permanent amidst all the changes that this world will bring. Especially now, especially now, especially now with all the changes going on it's real easy to get caught up with all the changes. But I come here tonight to let you know you're serving a solid God in shaky times. I come here tonight to let you know you can lean on Him. You can put your trust in Him. He's not going nowhere. Says it's designed to denote the immutability or unchangeableness of the Messiah. He's not changing. You don't gotta wake up tomorrow and go, okay, God, what side of the bed did you get up on? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't have to worry about, well, God, is it still true today? No, it's true. Forever. He changes not. Psalms 102.28 says, The children of thy servants shall continue, and their seed shall be established before thee. He's talking about you. You will be established. You, you. You will be established. The New Living Translation has says it like this. The children of your people will live in security. Oh, come on. Yeah. The children of your people will live in security. Their children's children. Their children's children. How many grandpas and grandmas we got in here? Don't, don't you raise your hand. How many grandpas and grandmas we got in here? How many mamas we got in here? How many daddies we got in here? Your children's children will thrive, will thrive, will thrive in your presence. I'm talking about an unchangeable God that is on your side. When everything else is going bonkers, he's still the same. And he's got great things in store for you, child of God. Don't you fret. Don't you worry. My, my, my I ask you this question. We who are in the church, we who have been born again of water and spirit. We who through our conversion lead a separated life in an effort to, as Romans 8:29 states, to be conformed to the image of his son. Uh, we can go on right there, but I'll let pastor go ahead and keep teaching on Tuesday night. Holiness. Separation. Make a plug. It makes a difference how you live. Yeah, it does. So you see Brother Nelson up here in a suit. I don't always been in a suit. I used to wear rock concert T shirts and blue jeans and had uh, had a mullet. I've seen the mullet coming back, I guess. Not here. But I some of you might have a hard time going a mullet, but Hallelujah, to be conformed to the image of His Son. Church, we do, we do, we live in crazy times. And again, again, it would be easy to get caught up with all of the junk going on. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah, all of the all of the technology that's going on, all of the all of the alphabet junk going on. I remember when Alphabet was just a soup, Elder. <laughs> That's how old I am. You just go to the store for Alphabet soup. And now you got to hear about it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. All the technology's going on, it's hard to keep up. But just as Paul admonished Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, he had this to say. Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man, no man, no man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Church, I've come here to remind you, God didn't put us in the church to keep up with all the technologies. Or to fret over what laws are going to be passed or not passed. He put us in the church for him and his purpose. We can't fulfill the purpose of God if our lives are constantly picking up problems. Paul describes it as someone becoming entangled. Entangled. No man warreth, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. The definition of entangle is to wrap or twist together, interweave, ensnare. To involve in a perplexing or troublesome situation. To make complicated. I'm going to be as transparent as transparent can be. I am an overthinker. I am an overthinker. I'll take something and I will... I will think that thing 157 ways to China. <laughs> and before I know it, there's scenarios with my mind just floating around. If I don't bring my thoughts into captivity, I'm way out, I'm way out in, in Google land. And then I'm making stuff complicated. That 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 in mind to be making complicated. Hallelujah. See, our faith becomes hindered and our trust begins to wane when we allow ourselves to get caught up in the worry trap, trying to figure things out on our own. And Jesus had this to say in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 and 26. Therefore, this is Jesus speaking, by the way, again, reminding you. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on, is not the life more than the meat and the body than the raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Stop right there and interject Matthew Henry's commentary on that, that passage I wrote, or he, I, I quoted to you right there. It says, "These birds, these fowls, they trust. The Father's providence. And he asks. Will you not trust it? Independence upon that. They are careless for the morrow. And being so that. They live in the merriest of lives. Of all creatures. They sing among the branches. And to the best of their power. They praise their creator. If we're. By faith. As concerned about the morrow. As they are. We should sing as cheerfully as they do. For it is worldly care that mars our mirth and damps our joy and sadly silences our praise as much as anything. Talking about a solid God for shaky times. He goes on in Matthew 27, it says, Which of you, which of you, taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? What's worry going to benefit you? How's it going to benefit you? And why take you thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these... Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we be clothed? For after all these things does the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. Verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I want to share with you something that kind of came out to me when I was studying this scripture. When it was talking about the grass and the, and the lilies. And how that they spring up and then they grow. And then the heat comes and then they die. We go through seasons. We have seasons. We have Spring, summer, winter, fall. I got to thinking about this as I was reading that scripture. Never one time, after summertime and fall started happening, Bishop, and the leaves started falling off the tree, did I start going, oh, no. Are the leaves going to come back? And then when winter sets its full swing and everything's dead and the grass is all dead, not one time, Brother Hilton, did I go, well, I sure hope the grass comes back next year. uh, uh, Call up, Bishop, Bishop, will will the grass be green next year? No, we just take it for granted. But he's bringing out here, he's saying, look, that happens without you even being involved in it. And now here you are worrying about whether or not you're going to have something to wear or something to eat or something to drink. Don't you know that I will take better care of you than I would the grass of the field and the birds of the air? Oh, can you put your hands together and give him praise for knowing that he's going to take care of you no matter what? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. But he winds that all up in verse 33 because he wants to bring your focus where it's supposed to be. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Again, church, our purpose and responsibilities are not to focus on the problems. And situations of this life, but our purpose is to seek His kingdom first. Grow, grow, grow in our relationship with Him and reach the lost. What was the last thing Jesus said unto His disciples before He ascended up into heaven? Was it, Make sure you strive to pay your bills. Did he say, give diligence about worrying about your problems? I mean, he's he's leaving. This is the last thing he says to his disciples. This is the last thing, and it's in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. It wasn't anything about... What you're gonna wear, what you're gonna drink, how he's gonna pay your bills. He says, This go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Give him another hand clap of praise right there. Oh, that's it, church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yeah, he said in 1 Peter 5 and 7, cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. We got to be vigilant. We don't allow the weights and, and troubles of this world to get us. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, wherefore? Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. All you do is pick up that word and read it. And you see time and time and time and time again where men that followed God were in a perplexing situation. Looked pretty bad. And God saw them through. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse two says, "Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I want to stop right there a minute and say that again, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, not your ability. Not your, not your handiwork, but looking unto Jesus, the Author and Finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Right. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Right. We're gonna go through problems. We go through problems. That's why, That's why. That's what this message is about. Hallelujah! Matthew chapter seven, verses twenty-four through twenty-seven. Jesus speaking here, he gives us an example of two individuals and where they put their trust. He says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, mm, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Oops. It's not just enough to hear. You got to do. Do. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great, and great was the fall of it. Sand is never solid. I said, sand is never solid. Have you, ever, have you ever walked across sandy area? Have you ever been on a beach? Or there's a place just outside of my hometown called Winoka, Oklahoma. Also, a.k.a. Little Sahara. And I kid you not, it looks like the Sahara Desert. You're driving along, and it just looks like Oklahoma. You come up over this hill, and it looks like the Sahara Desert. There's dunes. And, when, and people go down there and they, they ride their, their sand rails and their motorcycles and all that. It's a place for recreation and all of that. But there's times we'd go down there and, and when you'd get off of your, your motorcycle or you'd get out of your dune buggy and you step on that sand, it's just like, oh, man, it's hard walking. Sand's never solid. So don't build your house on sand. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Here to remind you we serve a solid God. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 through 8 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he said, I will never leave thee. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Verse 6, so that we, say we, we. say we me, we. And that's me, that's we me, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you and who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to back up to verse 5, where he says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Wouldn't it have been enough for him to say, I'll never leave you? That'd been enough. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. But our God knows how our adversary likes to work. That word "leave," by Thayer's definition, means to send back, relax, loosen, to give up, omit, to leave, not to uphold, to let sink. Said, "I'll eat. I'll never leave you. I won't let you sink." then he goes on and he says, and I'll never forsake you. And forsake, in Thayer's definition, means abandon. A desert. Total abandon. Utterly forsaken. To leave behind among, to leave surviving. See, the Lord knew that not only would he let you to know he'll never leave you, but he won't forsake you. He won't abandon you. He won't wake up one morning and just decide, you know what, I've had enough of him. I, I'm just going to forsake him. No, he waits for you to, for your feet to hit the floor in the morning. He goes, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's you and I talk for a minute. we got a day ahead of you, and I, I want to spend some time with you, and let's talk. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Again, someone's been trying to hold on to God's promises, but it seems like when you pray, you don't even reach the ceiling. You read God's word, and it may as well be written in German. You can't get encouragement from it. You're like Job, and Job 23, verses 8 and 9 says, Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left, where doth he work, I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But then Job stops right there and he changes his perspective and he shakes himself and he remembers he remembers the faithfulness of his God In verses 10 through 12 says but he, but he knoweth the way that I take he knows where I'm going I may not know where he's at but he knows that's all I need. Just to know that he knows where I'm at. That's all right. One of these days I'll find him if I just keep on my trust in him. He says, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. My friend, our God, our God is always near. Yes, Psalms 46 verses 1 through 11 says, God, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, will we not fear? Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river. The streams thereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. The heathen raged, and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations He hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to seethe unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot with fire. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Oh, give him another hand clap of praise. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But you might be asking, but, 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 but can God take care of me? Well, let's go ask Joseph. Joseph, you had a dream. How'd it turn out? It came to pass. He went through some rough time. His brothers, his brothers wanted to kill him. Whew. Any of you, I don't think any of you here want to kill me, do you? Me, checking but it came to pass or say let's ask old Daniel about the lion's den how'd that turn out made a decree you're not supposed to pray he didn't miss a lick flung open the windows did what he always did boom Uh uh-oh getting thrown in the lion's den slept like a baby or maybe maybe we should go ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego about the fiery furnace. You want to go ask them? How'd that turn out? I'm trying to help somebody build your faith here tonight. I'm trying to help you to understand that the same God that was with these individuals is with you here tonight as well. And he stands by your side willing and able to take care of any situation that you would try to present to him tonight. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 20 says, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length, and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ with passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him, now unto him that is able to do exceeding. Now unto him, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us oh unto him unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all above all above all that you would ask or even think? Oh, but Brother Nelson, you don't understand. You don't understand. See, here, I'm fixing to address something that the adversary likes to use, and that's our mistakes. I make them, and he beats me up too. But in 1 John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you you just need to take a minute and say, God, I'm sorry. Just to clear your mind, just to clear your mind. You know He's faithful and just to forgive you and you can you can approach him with confidence tonight. I said you can appro- I said you can approach him with confidence tonight with your petition. Yeah. <laughs> Romans 8:35 says who? Who? There's definition of that is who, which, what? Which situation? Who? Which situation? What circumstance shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, nay, nay. Everybody say nay. 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 In all things we are more. We are more. We are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angel nor principalities nor power nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creatures shall be able, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Won't you stand with me tonight and clap your hands unto the Lord? Oh, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh. All right, I'm going to share with you. 1 Thessalonians 4, you can play. 1 Thessalonians 4. See, I, I don't only want to remind you that, that, that you've got a solid God for shaky times, but I also want to end this tonight by reminding you all oh, of this ain't what it's about. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, by the word of God, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. friend if you've been battling if you've been wrestling I want to invite you to come up to this altar here tonight